this is the wrong one. <laughs> Hello and welcome to McYappin Fry's Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome, I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And um, as per usual, we shall be talking about movie-related news. Um, I believe Ian's going to talk a little bit about some game shit to uh, pay me back for a little review I did of the Mausers. No, get in there before I do a nice one. <laughs> The uh, Mausers, and some of you may know them from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was you talked for like half an hour on the, some, on the action I, 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 figures, I, I the in-action figures. I, I did not talk for half an hour on the studio. You're talking about dolls, man. Fucking dolls. <laughs> They're action figures. Whatever. <laughs> and they come with many points of uh, posability. Many points? Many points of articulation. Anyway, what we do here is we review movies and we talk about movie news and whatever else takes our fancy. That's right. I'll be uh, reviewing the... Uh, the last film that Kevin Spacey did called Shrink. I'll be reviewing the new Bruce Willis movie, Surrogates. I might also talk about Stargate Universe if I got time, depending but, on when you run out of news. But uh, before we get into any of that, uh, we should probably let you know that you can email us. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually can email us. Yeah. We've been saying this for many moons now. I think we should just uh, stop giving out of it and give you the email address. Should, yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast at mcgetmanfries.com. Anything you want to send in, your gumbo recipes, uh, things you found on the street. Because uh, we you do, woke up last night. Because we do like to cook. So if you do have any sort of like movie-related recipes that you want to send, for example, Ian and I have created the Iron Man pizza. Oh yeah, which uh, is very very good. It was the the, the red of the tomato was this. It's uh, it's essentially um, uh, a beef pe- uh, a pepperoni pizza, but yeah, with, the, the uh, yellow was the the, the the little bit of golden mm-hmm. hot rod, the little bit of golden there. The cheese was the hot the hot rod red. Cheese was the hot dog red. The pepperoni. The the well the pepperoni was the red. The che- as well, cheese, yeah, cheese, although the pepperoni, the, the roundness yeah, 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 was, yeah. the, was the was the was the generator, mm-hmm. and, and then the the beef calabasi was the pure raw beef that is Robert Downey Jr. That's right, yeah. and the um, the green capsicums were the uh, is because you need you need green to pay for that shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's got all money. The money that he has. <laughs> hey, it made sense to us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to a little bit of news, uh, big casting news uh, for the new Predators movie that Robert Rodriguez is um, producing and that it's going to be directed by Nimrod. Nimrod, is that his name? (laughs) Nimrod Nimrod Avital, I think his name is. He's uh, directing the uh, new movie called Armored that's going to be coming out soon with uh, Matt Dillon and Lawrence Fishburne, to name a few. Well, if he's got this, the word on that must be good because it's amazing when you look at the amount of things Shelto Copley is in these days. Yeah. Obviously, District 9 got put out there and spread around. He's in fucking the A-Team. He's doing the voiceovers mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. and things. It's just, I hate Chimp. No, I mean, like, I mean, like uh, from what I understand, Rodriguez uh, gave this guy the job based on um, a screening of Armored. And, really? And uh, as we know, another director that was in the running was Neil Marshall. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting to see... Um, be interesting to see what this guy brings to the table, because I would have thought Neil Marshall would be a great... A great perfect. Fit. Fucking perfect. Perfect. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Neil Marshall is the uh, director of the movie The Descent, which you must watch. If you Dog like. Soldiers, you must watch as well. Uh-huh. And uh, Doomsday, which, not as good as those other two, but still good fun. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> it's great It's great fun. But Skin, fat skinheads and kilts doing the can-can. You can't go wrong. Sean Pritchard getting eaten. Yeah. <laughs> that poor bastard. Yeah. He just, he just he dies, dies in every he single dies one of those movies. Every single f- but uh, anyway, yeah, casting news for the movie. Um, they've got an Academy Award winner taking over from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's kind of... Last week we had the whole news that Danny Trejo was in it and was like, yeah, kick ass. And this week is kind of like, what the... Where are they going with this? Uh, well, I mean, you know Danny is not going to be the lead. I know that. You know, you know, Danny Trejo's in it because... Because they pissed off he, the wrong Mexican. Because <laughs> of Machete and because of Robert Rodriguez. He's in every single yeah. movie Robert Rodriguez does. I think the only movie he wasn't in 
was Sin City. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, he wasn't that there. I think the only Robert Rodriguez movie he hasn't been in is in Sin City. But I think, he does I get a lot of roles just walking in... by in the background in movies as well, though. Yeah, yeah. I think he was even in fucking Spy Kids. Maybe he was Goldie. <laughs> it was all effects. Anywho, the, the actor, the Oscar-winning actor? Uh, Adrian Brody. Mm. Um, uh, also, another actor who's um, in talks is Topher Grace. Yes, that's although he's playing the uh, Sin City. He's playing the Elijah Wood role. He's playing yeah, from he, Sin City. He's the which, creepy, creepy which I think he he could do quite well. Yeah, that could totally work. Uh, no, I, I actually like Topher Grace. I mean, he was my favorite character in, in, in the 70s show. I fucking hated Aston Kutcher. Yeah. Aston Kutcher annoyed the fuck out of me. I liked uh, Topher Grace. I liked his delivery. Yeah, he's very good. He thought he had very good coming timing. And I've liked his movies. I mean, uh, I didn't think he was a great uh, Eddie Brock, but I think that was more miscasting than anything else. Yeah, he was, he was an all right pretty Peter Parker, even though he wasn't yeah. playing Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, he. I would have preferred him as Peter Parker. he was Parker. rocking the leather jacket. You know, he could actually pull off the whole black look. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he could wear dark colored clothes and not look like a twat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tobey Maguire as as as, as, e as the evil Peter Parker. I was just like, Jesus. He wasn't evil. He was just slightly emo. That's it. it he had a fucking comb over. It was ridiculous. It was fucking stupid. That, that dance sequence. I mean, like. <laughs> Two words. All I gotta say. Two words. Studio interference. All I gotta say is, just thank God for dragging me to drag me to hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got his uh, get his mojo back. Uh, but so, but yes, Topher Grace is in uh, talks to join, and Adrian Brody. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, he, uh, I'm not a huge fan. I've seen him in good films, but I haven't seen him be amazing in anything. In King Kong, he was kind of like, "You're not really the main. We're not here to see King Adrian, so fuck off." Dude, we're not here. We're not there to see any of the fucking actors. Yeah. We just want to. We just want to see Kong. Yeah. Which is why the first hour and a half of that movie was so long. The jacket. I haven't seen the pianist, uh, but I did see the jacket, which he was quite good in. But he's again, he's hard to sympathize with somehow. I don't know. I just can't seem to get on board. No, I mean, for me, I think, you know, I mean, the guy can act. I mean, he's an Oscar winner. It's yeah. just, uh, there's just something about him that just doesn't connect with me. Yeah, well, the, I, the I, roles I, he's played, they're not being, like, even, again, he rescues your one at some point in King Kong, but it's like, he's not a hero. He doesn't come off as a hero. He's that, you know, he's really taking that whole sensitive sort of action thing to the, yeah. to the next level. Uh, I, the, the only movie he's done that I kind of liked him in, uh, but I really liked the movie, was uh, Hollywoodland. Hollywood Land. I still haven't seen that yet. And I thought that was a really good film, but I thought that was Ben Affleck's movie. Yeah. I mean, I think um, Ben Affleck and Diane Lane were the ones who really stood out for me, not no. so much Adrian Brody or um, Bob Hoskins. Speaking of Ben Affleck, apparently Jennifer Garnick made today and said she wouldn't like to be directed by him because he's too slow. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucked up. It's like, yeah, great way to tell your husband that you should come home for dinner a little earlier. She's like, I, would, I couldn't work on his movies. He's just too... Uh, what was it? Wasn't it slow? She used the slow as the headline, but... Um, she saw the word for him to be slow, and she needs to get home to the kids. Um, well, you know, I mean, like, your husband's out there, like, fucking directing a big studio movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Um, He's paying for baby's new shoes. Exactly. You know, I mean, you guys don't li don't exactly live in a shack. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, like... That Kevin Smith money ain't coming in anymore. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that you're, you know, I know you're pulling your weight too with your whole, like, you know, the inventional line gigs, you know, but, uh, you know, Alias died a while ago, baby. Yeah, yeah. It died two seasons before it ended. <laughs> it was wheels up in 10 about 20 minutes before it was off the <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's basically the big casting news with the new Predators movie. Did you, I just saw today as well, uh, the Toy Story 3 trailer came online. And uh, I think if you'd listen to this at all, 
uh, you might have heard us giving out about the previous trailer because it was so congratulatory and so fucking Disney. Yeah, I, I was just incensed watching it. I wanted to rip those toys apart like Sid next. Week. No, I felt the exact same way. I mean, I, uh, it, it just really pissed me off that yeah. the the Toy Story three teaser that came out not too long ago. It just like that whole thing like. Ex- yeah, like what you say, it just came across like so, like oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be a huge hit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> we don't even need to try. Well, we don't even need to tell you what it's about because you dumbasses are still gonna bring your kids and go yeah. see it. Well, oh, we got the, got that three D shit we throw in your face. Well, they actually had a proper trailer today, which showed some of the plot. It still looks like a Toy Story movie, but it opens with they're doing a lot of those montages or beginning of movies where you know there's no word. I've heard the sequence from the beginning of Up is supposed to be amazing, encapsulating the whole life yeah, of the character yeah, at that point. Yeah. Wally, the beginning, all the silent stuff is fantastic. This seems to have, they set the trailer very cleverly with the montage of Andy growing up. And he's going to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just what happens to them. No, I've, I've heard a, a little bit about that. Yeah. And uh, which is kind of kind of interesting. It's an interesting place be to inter- take it. It'd be interesting to see where, where, where it goes from there. The I best can- part of the whole trailer, though, is where Buzz lands on his head and they need to reset him. It's like, oh, stick your finger in there. Oh, really? And he's lying <laughs> face down. <laughs> and Rex hits it. <laughs> he hits that shit out of the park. <laughs> Rex, Wallace Shawn. <laughs> I love the fact that they get Wallace Shawn to do that. Yeah, he's and that uh, Ken, Barbie, and Ken are in it this time. Yeah, they're not in the trailer at all now. Ken is Michael Keaton. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, yeah. Yeah, Michael Keaton's Ken. That's gonna be awesome. Uh, the other thing that they had was that when he does get reset, they accidentally reset his language to Spanish. Oh really? Yeah, and he just jumps up and he's, you know, <laughs> doing the matador around the place and like speaking in Spanish the whole time. <laughs> Because I think they reset his memory chip, so I don't know what that... It, that was an interesting thing for me. That was more like, okay, cool, this is a plot. It has a quest they have to go on. Cool. I haven't, I haven't uh, managed to catch that on like that. Did you read about uh, Brian Singer, like, talking about how he's interested in doing more X-Men movies? This is like, please hire me. No, Superman Returns ain't happening. Superman Returns 2 ain't happening. This is, like, not news. Yeah. But he said, and I quote, I'm still looking to possibly returning to the X-Men franchise. Oh, I've been talking to Fox about it. I love Hugh Jackman. I love the cast. And he says this, which um, uh, kind of scares me. It's like, uh, the X-Men series is about tolerance and social structures. He said he likes to trick audiences into thinking they're seeing fireworks, but they're learning about themselves and listening to what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's heading them the Bayham route. <laughs> the, ex- <laughs> uh, the excitement about working in science fiction and fantasy is, if this, the stories, if they are good, are about the human condition. I'm sick of the human condition. <laughs> That was what. That was everything that was wrong with Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah. Is that you made it too much about the human condition, and he's not human. <laughs> Dumb fuck. Now, in other news, uh, Ryan Reynolds still wants to do uh, Flash. <laughs> I mean, just obvious news. There's no reason for this. <laughs> is it, he still wants to do it? No, it's not other news, but it's similar to this. It's yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like every week, it's Ryan Reynolds tells the barman somewhere he'd love to do the Flash. You know, but. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, if there was any superhero I could see him play, I would like to see him play the Flash. Yeah, of course. I, I think he's a much better Flash than Green Lantern. Although I am looking forward to seeing what he does with Green Lantern. Yeah. But I think his just his whole persona just fits Flash beautifully. Now they do Flash, they've got to hire Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on a high at the moment. He's presented the Emmys and shit, you see that? He's, um, it's, it's an amazing uh, his, Comeback. his career resurgence. Doogie's back from the grave. And, and, and very clever to um, sort of use his um, sexuality as a, as, a, as a selling point as opposed mm. to something that's going to... Is he gay? He is gay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it's been fairly obvious for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. I know, but you never know. I mean, I remember when I was still in uni in London, I, I watched him on a talk show. He came on, he was he was doing Rent. Yeah, yeah. And he Everyone. was... And he was... Eight, 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 eight. And he was sitting there with his, uh, I guess his... This other actor that was in Rent as well. And I just... Just this, this was before he had come out, and I remember just sitting there because I was like really stoned. I'll get stoned in my bedroom upstairs while my nan's downstairs. And nice. I'm down and like just yeah. So I'm, I'm really stoned. I'm watching it. I'm like, is is Dookie fucking looking at that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Dookie checks him. Se- seriously, because like I was like fucking Neil Patrick Harris is, he's look, he's checking that guy out. <laughs> So, so yeah, I thought that was a little suspect. What? <laughs> yeah, just the way that uh, Neil Patrick Harris and, and the uh, the other actor next to him were looking at each other, the looks they were giving each other, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's like, some, some, somebody's sucking somebody off. <laughs> they're in rent. You know, they're in, <laughs> yeah, but I don't like, you know, I, d- I don't like to stereotype. Nah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, that's the flash. Oh, there's that. Listen up, Goyer, <laughs> if you're still doing it, which I hope you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Goyer did do The Perfect Getaway when you mentioned it last week. I forgot to... Twothy. Twothy. Oh, it was, yeah, it was the... Sorry, it was... David Twothy. It was someone... David remember, Twothy. Someone who had something to do with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quil- <laughs> Someone who had something to do with uh, Riddick. That's all I knew it was. Throw out the poster. I was thinking of going to see that Riddick. Which one? Perfect Getaway. Mm. That's a rental. Yeah. It just looks like a rental. <laughs> Direct to rental. Um, we talked about Topher Grace earlier, but um, Gary Ross, who directed Seabiscuit and Pleasantville, will pen the next draft of the script and potentially direct, direct the next Spider-Man spin-off feature, Venom, for Sony Pictures. Mm-hmm. So there's no word whether um, Topher Grace is attached at all, because they're just going to ditch him because he's not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I've heard stuff about the script. It's like where Venom's protecting someone, something. He's like, it's his turf. And the people it's going to suck. There. Yeah, it's going to suck It's going to suck. Venom's protecting something. It's going to suck. He learns to ride a horse. You guys are fucking dumb. <laughs> you deserve the bomb that's going to hit. <laughs> the other bit of Spider-Man news they mentioned this week was that they started putting it together, I think. I don't know. They start, or starting in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're hoping that was the first week of March. The production is starting to come together. We've got a production designer starting to design the sets and environments. Um, it's fair to st- it's too early st- to say guess the bad guy game, but none of the t- yeah nothing's taking place. Gonna, I always just I hate this now this whole news thing of just getting the news far too in advance. We've started sketching ideas on the back of napkins or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. It's again it's just like now I know he started today. I know that he started without a script. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> which does not bode well. Did you see the, uh, the 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 casting call for Thor for the Warriors? Yes. Did you see this shit? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotta read this out because some of the talkbacks. <laughs> I haven't really heard these. Are hilarious. Okay, this is uh, the um, this is the, uh, the the casting call for Warriors for the movie Thor, Thor that Kenneth Branagh is directing. Asgardians. Warriors, a fearless warrior race where size, strength, and ferocity define a member's rank in both the social and military hierarchy. Warriors born in this society face the hard, the harshest ecological conditions imaginable and thrive in environments where lesser creatures, including humans, quickly perish. Theirs is a world created to cull weakness from the universe to ensure their supreme sovereignty spreads across the stars. I like that. Must be six foot two or taller. Nobody no body types. types. Sag roll, but no lines. Must be comfortable wearing prosthetics. <laughs> and so prosthetics. Like, yep. What prosthetics do the Asgardians have? 
Um, well, it's just as like a warrior race. There's some, some, someone, a few people have been throwing out the possibility that it could be the Skrulls. Oh, okay. Cause no or it could be some mythological crap they find. Maybe, because but the scrolls kind of make sense. Prosthetics, yeah, not, yeah. no bodybuilder types, kind of like you know. Yeah. It's well, but, but why would super scroll? He's a bodybuilder type. <laughs> you got you, know, you can't you can't have a mood to have a super scroll in there. Okay, here's one, posted by Mycroft. I am outraged. I'm six feet eleven and, and a half, and I'm comfortable wearing prosthetics. Why should I be vilified just because I am short? <laughs> I come from a warrior race too, um, sort of. <laughs> Six for two issues unite and combat this kind of unclear treatment. <laughs> what if you're six foot two and fat? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite. I am six foot four and not a bodybuilder type. I am what you are looking for. Please email me. Thor has been my favorite Marvel character and mythology character my entire life. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Posted by Quest for Fire 777 at Yahoo. <laughs> nice. So he's put his email address in his username. Fantastic. He's oh. going to get a lot of mail. <sighs> Send this off to Quest for Fire. Jesus. That kind of name, that would get you beaten up in school. It's like, what's your, what's your email? What's your email address? Quest for Fire. Quest for, Quest for You want to come over and LARP later? Quest for Fire. <laughs> Oh god, that's just too funny. Trailer news uh, this week. Uh, did you see the trailer for me and Orson Welles? Uh, yes, I, I saw half of it because Yahoo kept fucking. Yeah, up. he got three quarters <laughs> way through. It's like <laughs> it fucking crash. It's fucking Yahoo, dude. Yahoo hates me. Yeah. I can never download fucking. Tra there is a way to get the movie in higher definition QuickTime, but you got a little text file thing. You know what, dude? I mean, like, the only thing that's selling this movie for me is the fact that Richard, uh, Richard Linklater is directing it. Yeah, yeah. And that, it, and that Ben Chaplin's in it. Because I'll go see anything Ben Chaplin does. Really? <laughs> I, I am a Ben Chaplin fan, I must admit. Game on. Game on, <laughs> exactly. Hey, and, you know, uh, Thin Red Line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good in Thin Red Line. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Zac Efron fucking sucks. I cannot watch him, dude. I didn't, because I just didn't get into that whole... Um, Scary musical, <laughs> high school musical thing. So I mean, I didn't recognize him for quite a while. And I, but the thing that got me was the guy who looks like Orson Welles looks like Orson really Welles does. so much that I didn't the Zac Efron ness of it kind of faded into the background. No, it's like I and he's going to be acted off the fucking screen. He, I mean, I can't, dude. I can't look. I, every time I see him, I'm just like, you're you're a cock. <laughs> you're fucking. You're like you're like a young Matthew McConaughey. You just need to get your ass kicked. Well, he's, uh, this could be his, this could be his, you know, it's changing. This could be his, his big break. To make his it name is Zac Efron. <laughs> he did start ragging on his, uh, high school, <laughs> his earlier movies as well. Yeah, of like course 17, he did. 17 again was last year, dude. <laughs> Trying to get that indie cred. Uh, we were talking about Neil Marshall earlier, uh, but uh, he has signed on to direct a movie called Burst. He's got a Roman on the Run epic called Centurion coming out that uh, stars Michael Fassbender. Who, yeah. Who, Michael Fassbender is one of these actors that's just suddenly in everything. Yeah, yeah. He's the new Sheriff of Copley. <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to that because, um, as I, you know, if you've seen Descent and Dog Soldiers and Doomsday, you would know that a Centurion he's, movie he's by this ass. guy would be is a good thing indeed. There's some more. Uh, there's some pictures of this up on. Um, Empire, I think it is. Yeah, but I have yeah. some pictures of Fastbender. Yeah, like, just like, it looks just like, great. It looks really, it looks really black grim. and white. It's grim. It's fucking the Romans it's were covered Neil, in shit. It's Neil fucking Marshall. Yeah, 
It's Centurion Doomsday style. Yeah. But uh, Rob Marshall has uh, signed on to direct Burst, a 3D fright flick produced by Sam Raimi's Ghost House Pictures. Yeah. It's about a, uh, about a group of blizzard-stranded travelers who find themselves picked off one by one by a mysterious force that kills them via spontaneous combustion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's not going to... 3D! I'm, now that I, I read it earlier, but now it's said it loud, Neil Martian, expon- ex- it's called Burst. They're not gonna expl- they're not gonna burst into flames. They're going to explode in bloody matter all over the fucking place. I love what Empire says about it. Like it sounds balmy as a basket of badges. We love it. <laughs> Spontaneous combustion is an utterly terrifying phenomenon. Think about it. You could burst into flames while reading this. <laughs> and has been generally underused in movies as a means of dispatching victims. <laughs> Because it's spontaneous. Which is very true. <laughs> and it promises to be, even without the 3D angle, a heck of a lot more cinematic than a masked nut job stalking around dark corridors with a big kitchen knife. Yeah. Plus, it's, oh, it's 3D as well, so you'll get blood all over you. They also uh, make, make, make it a point to uh, say that uh, this will be the first time that Marshall is directing something he didn't write. Yeah. So, we'll wait and see. They must think it's good. I tell you, someone else who needs to fucking direct something that he doesn't write is M. Night Shalom Ding Dong. Yeah. Why, what, is there some news about him this week? No, no, no. Oh, he just, he, 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 yeah, he, he just, just, needs, he just to. needs to direct someone else's script. Even fucking Last, Airbun- Air- Last Airbender is his script. Yeah? Yeah, he's writing The Last Airbender. Jesus Christ. You know, I mean... <laughs> I really cannot say that title with a straight face. Yeah, well, they've lost the Airbender. <laughs> Have they? No, they're keeping the Airbender. No, because like, they can't use Avatar. Because yeah, Cameron's there first. Cameron... F- f- Fucked him up on that. Didn't we see this movie? I don't remember the kid being in it. <laughs> Which one? Avatar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But The Last Airbender, it just yeah. sounds so... <laughs> His writing days are over. There's no more shit for him. He's just direct something. Yeah, he needs to get some something just so different that it would actually just blow people away again. Mm-hmm. Speaking of bursting and blowing away, uh, there's a new, new movie coming out on Netflix, the US service, that... Um, you can, you know, rent your movies essentially over the internet. They oh, download yeah. into your machine or you can stream them and stuff like that. It's the new thing. People are Netflixing now. No one, I think Block, Blockbuster's shutting up in the UK or in the US because no one's going there anymore because why would you go to a video shop and just download everything? Yep, yep. But they're putting this get together, this movie. Uh, Blockbuster's going downhill? Kind of. I think it's Blockbuster, yeah. Christianity takes a hit. <laughs> What's next, Walmart? No. <laughs> Walmart. Walmart's taking all their sales. But this is a original Netflix movie, so they're kind of moving into the making movies area as opposed to just streaming them. Oh, really? And it's directed by Joe Dante. Joe uh, Roger Corman is producing. Joe Dante's a legend. Yeah. Fucking inner space, dude. I know. We gotta do a rewatch of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inner space. Inner space. That is the best Martin Short performance ever. 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 And it's a it's a three way tie for Dennis Quaid with uh, Enemy Mine and uh, Traffic. I have enemy mind yeah, 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 it's an awesome movie <laughs> <laughs> fucking after I watched Last Starfighter I was in the mood for some drags <laughs> see Louis Gossett Jr. do, do Ron Perlman exactly <laughs> but this movie it has Corey Feldman and the trailer for it it's called Splatter and the trailer for it is he's there he's, and he's, he's just standing there talking to camera and he says you want something done right you do it yourself and he's in full on trying to be cool mode he's got a shirt with kind of like tats on it He's got long hair, he's a little goatee. Then he starts chanting, puts a gun to his head and pulls the trigger. And it's probably one of the worst squibs I've ever seen. It's like, it just explodes at the side of his head. You can't see anything before it happens. It just explodes out, but it actually pours. It's like actually a jet of like spray coming out. And it I just would, looks terrible. 
I would still pay the price of admission to see Corey Feldman shoot his, shoot himself shoot in the head. <laughs> I would pay the price of two admissions to see Corey Haim shoot Corey Feldman in the head. <laughs> Lost Boys 2, motherfuckers! <laughs> How come I'm not Lost Boys 3, huh? I think they are. Huh? Oh, they are, yeah. It seems to be that weird thing these days where it just, you know, it's like, hey, big movie. Hey, second movie didn't quite do so well. We're just going to keep churning them out. Starship, Warpers, Starship Troopers 2. There's a three as well? There's a three. Starship yeah. Troopers 3, Marauder. 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 But that's when they got Casper back, so is that right? They got Casper Van Diem back, yeah. so it's all good. Yeah. I'll see that. Dude, he was he was Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> he was bad, skinny Tarzan. He, he was Tarzan. <laughs> He's Johnny Rico. Johnny Rico is what he'll always be remembered for. Dude, that scene in, in uh, Starship Troopers where he gets whipped. Do you remember that scene? Like, oh, yeah. that, from the lashes. And he sounds like such a pussy when he's going like, Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I can't believe Dina Meyer fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> and then died. And then died. <laughs> and then Don't she have had sex in movies. Then she had that fucked up lines like, It doesn't matter because at least I got to have you. <laughs> um, I saw that on opening day. In the states, and when did it bomb with the audience? Jesus, the audience is like, "What the? Fuck? <laughs> this is shit." <laughs> a couple of guys got up and left, like swearing. And it was like, it was like, "Fuck this movie!" <laughs> awesome. I'm being spoken down to, motherfucker. I don't want that. That, that when Dino Meyer said that line, at least I got to have you. Like the audience is like, "Oh, <laughs> what the? Fuck? <laughs> who who writes this shit?" <laughs> I love it, dude. Everyone's a fucking critic. You know, it's like. And Pearl, Paul Ver even must be pulling his hair out. It's like, it's satire, you stupid Americans! <laughs> you stupid, ignorant American infidels! <laughs> it's satire! Yeah, Robin's from um, Iran, not uh, Amsterdam then. <laughs> Would the director of Robocop and Total Recall make a movie this bad? It's satire! It's the best. It's the best satire that was made in the last while. Satire is really hard to do in movies. You get like satire coming out, and it's just satire. Is so, so I mean, a lot of people don't know how to take satire. They don't. They don't realize it's satire. They think yeah. the movie's taking it serious, taking itself seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as it was with Starship Troopers. That movie's a fucking. It's amazing that he got away with making an eighty million dollar fucking sci-fi comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one fucking knew it, and it's like. What's the thing he says? When he, the thing that, they, that that said to him, and then he says it at the end, "You want to die today or something." Something I can't I can't remember a lot of the lines. I just remember they were unbelievably bad. Yeah, it was awesome. It was pure awesome. You know, fucking Doogie Hauser was he was like It knows fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's afraid. It knows I'm gay. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so the story of the uh, drill instructor who caught the bug. We're going to attack Planet P. Was it, oh, was it the battle on M didn't so go, go so well, so they had to go to P? Was some, that some, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> All I know is that Jake Busey rocks. Yeah. But, and I think he had a good cast. Michael Ironside, Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy Brown's always watching. Clancy, Clancy, I'll watch Clancy Brown in anything. As I said last week, Clancy Brown as uh, Lex Luthor, he owns that role. The Kurgan from Highlander. I just got one thing to say. Better to burn out than fade, fade away. away. Ugh. <laughs> I think they're making another Highlander movie. I think I saw that a while ago, but I didn't want to comment on it. Yeah, I, they, it doesn't they, deserve any comment, even from us. No just, comment. just the director they've selected. It's like, uh, for fuck's sake, what are you doing? Yeah. What do you, you got? Any more news? 
Uh, I've got a little bit. Uh, Kristen Bell, who I am uh, quite a big fan of these days. <laughs> <laughs> nice picture. Uh, <laughs> it's like she's looking right at me. <laughs> Uh, but um, tell the screen back, dude. She's staring at your cock. <laughs> I can't see the text. <laughs> uh, but she's joined. Um, I had no interest in this movie up until now. Share, uh, share, and Christina Aguilera have been doing a musical called Burlesque, and Kristen Bell has joined joined the cast. It's glitter. <laughs> it's Aguilera is the main character in this. Was it glitter, uh, glitter was yeah, she's, glitter. She's going to be playing um, Nikki. The lead dancer at a burlesque nightclub run by Cher, and you know what? Uh, I don't care, dude. The, <laughs> I, I like Cher. <laughs> you don't like Cher. I like Cher. I like Cher. I like Cher. Fucking witches of Eastwick, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I got no problem with her. And you know what, Christina Aguilera, you know, go but can she act? Yeah, if I have to look at her for two hours. I'll, I'll, I'll try. We'll have to turn the orange balance way down. Well, it's a musical. They're gonna be singing. Yeah, yeah. I know. And she's, but the Kristen Bell is the character. Kristen Bell is the spitty character who gets taken off her pedestal by the new ups, young upstart. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a story as old as time itself. Uh, and Stanley Tucci's in it as well. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, Stanley fucking Tucci. You go see for Kristen Bell. I go see for Stan. <laughs> I like me some Stan. He's good. <laughs> Oh god, Steve Anton is directing the movie. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. Me neither. See any trailers? Not really. This is, we're we're into a slow period. I guess we're we're going into the last the final furlong before the year end. Um I didn't see an awful lot of trailers this week. There's this Toy Story one and the other one I just mentioned. Come on, Irish shit. Yeah, the uh, me and Orson Welles. There was literally nothing else that I wanted to see. Although the trailer for Precious was up, but I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just uh, take a little second before we jump into the reviews. Maybe just reiterate. We did email. You can email us in if you think our news was shit this week because it was. It was pretty shit. At podcast at macyapandfries.com. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, we'd appreciate a review because otherwise it's going to get pretty bad. We're off the road on ourselves pretty soon. It'll it'll be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you guys suck! Who the fuck write? Who writes this? Get in the chopper! <laughs> Get in the chopper's going on the side. Oh, God. So, move, Arnold. Moving on to our uh, movie reviews. Do you want to kick off this week? Alright. Um, I saw the movie Shrink, uh, which uh, stars Kevin Spacey as Dr. Henry Carter, who's. Um, He's essentially a psychiatrist to the stars. It's set in in, in the uh, in the world of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and um, in the world of Hollywood, in the world of Hollywood, because Hollywood is a planet unto itself. One man must stand alone against the planet of Hollywood. One man must cure everyone else of their disease. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not what the movie's about. No, that's not what the movie's about. Um, the movie is essentially about. It's. I was quite surprised by it actually because I remember seeing the trailer some time ago. And the trailer sold it as a sort of like a very dark comedy, which which it kind of is. Yeah. But what the trailer didn't really um, go into it, the trailer made it look a little shallow. Yeah. It didn't really get, give you an idea of the depths to which it was actually going to go. Yeah. And this play, and and this uh, this play. <laughs> You're a little obsessed there, aren't you? I'm not going to review it. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I mean the movie goes to some pretty pretty bleak places, yeah. and. Um, the uh, the shit that the characters are going through, it's 
uh, particularly Spacey's character and um, this other this other girl, um, Gemma, uh, the, one of his, who becomes one of his patients. His dad give, uh, basically passes passes this patient on to him because because uh -huh. they're both shrinks. As, as yeah, they're both shrinks. Like you can tell, like the whole family is kind of like uh, connected to it. And what's basically happening is that uh, the beginning of the movie, Kevin Spacey's character is on a bit of a downward spiral. Um, He's had one very successful book. He's just written another on uh, happiness mm. and, and and all that kind of shit. Um, but uh, he's been going downhill because uh, some time ago his wife killed herself. Uh -huh. And um, ever and basically, it's just about how he's been dealing with the grief. He's become very um, uh, he's he's uh, sort of smoking. He's always stoned. Uh -huh. uh, drinks a fair bit as well. But the main thing is is, is the pot. Like the guy's just like. Crazy shit pot, you know, and he has like uh, meetings with his pot dealer, like in the car, washing in the car, and they're going through all these different kinds of weed. It's like fucking Amsterdam, you know, like all the different types of shit. <laughs> uh, so he's hardcore into all of that and has become very sort of disconnected, you know, and uh, and basically feels like he's a fraud. Mm. Uh, you know, he's writing this book on happiness, and he's he's the least happy, happy person, person in the world, happy person that he knows. And uh, he's got some interesting clients. Um, Saffron Burroughs is in it. She plays. Um, uh, Kate Ashton, uh, who's basically like a Julia Roberts type type star, mm -hmm. whose st whose star is starting to wane a little bit as she's getting older. She's losing roles to, you know, younger and hotter chicks, and uh, and and she's basically her marriage is on the rocks. Uh, her husband is um, uh, a musician, and he's just a complete dickhead. You know, he's just like a fu fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, and like they have they have this session together, and um, Saffron Burroughs. Uh, it's like uh, I, I believe that he's become a narcissist, and then the husband is there, like you know, it's like, oh yeah, whoa, did your gypsy yoga teacher to tell you that shit? It's <laughs> like, no, and he's not a gypsy. Yeah, whatever, fuck that. I ain't no fucking narcissist. What is a narcissist? <laughs> <laughs> and then like Kevin Spacey just looks at him and goes, it's someone who doesn't give a shit about anybody but themselves. <laughs> and this guy just said, fuck this. I gotta take a piss. <laughs> So I mean, like there, there is that. So the humor is very much that kind of humor. Yeah. It's it's kind of ugly. It's basically about people who insulting each other. Yeah, yeah. Very sort of disconnected in that sense. Um, Robin Williams, uh, he is uh, one of his patients as well. Robin Williams. Mm. He plays this guy called Jack Holden, who's a who's a big movie star, who uh, comes across very much like Robin Williams. Really? Yeah. Uh, but it's it's good Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's uh, it's subtle Robin Williams. Although, although there's a couple of lines in there that you know are Robin Williams ad libs. Yeah. Because it's like that. Like he's he's got a line in there where he's talking about his wife. I mean, his his base his problem is that uh, he feels he's a sex addict. But is but Kevin Spacey's trying to tell him you're not a sex addict. <laughs> you're an alcoholic. <laughs> he's like I'm a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> I can get it up. You know, but he's but he's still his thing is is that he's trying to convince Kevin Spacey that he's a sex addict because <laughs> he's been married for ten years and he wants to cheat on his wife. <laughs> so he's trying to explain. He's trying to get Kevin Spacey to get out of jail for a Yeah, he's trying to get Kevin Spacey to like to basically to give him permission. <laughs> You know, but, and there's a couple of lines in there, like where he's talking about his wife. Um, you know, it's like she gets me. You know, she makes me harder than Chinese algebra. You, you know, <laughs> it's a Robin Williams line. Yeah, that is totally, a Robin, yeah. that is a, totally a Robin Williams ad lib. So in moments like that, it's funny, but for me, it kind of takes me out of it because I I see Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, which which kind of bugs me when it comes to him because he's a very good actor. Mm. 
it's 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 this, I feel I have a similar feeling towards Will Smith. You know, it's like I get pissed now when I see Will Smith playing Will Smith because I know he's he can better, do better than, than that. that. Yeah. You know, I, you know, like uh, you know, it's like it's like watching Tarantino. It's as like well. you know, like great in Ali, great in Pursuit of Happiness, and like fucking great in I Am Legend. Ending aside, yeah. you know, he was very good in that. When he gets rid of the Will Smith thing, I really enjoy watching him act. And it's the same thing in Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's got another uh, client, he, another client called Patrick, who's a uh, big time. He's basically Ari Gold from Entourage, oh, Jer- right. Jeremy, P- Jeremy Piven's character in Entourage. Excellent. <clears throat> uh, and he's terrified of everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's scared of everything. Really? You know, it's like he's 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 making a deal with his star to start an asteroid movie, and he calls his PA in the middle of the night. This asteroid thing, can it really happen? <laughs> and then PA's like, "Of course. I mean, they've signed the contracts. No, I mean for real. Can it actually happen? Because if it can, we're fucked. <laughs> if it can, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's like he, everything's just everything just scares the shit out of him. You know, it's like he's on the phone with his PA. It's like nobody shakes my hand in the meeting. Nobody. <laughs> I don't want any, nobody sits behind me either. <laughs> so I mean. The, and this is all within the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you get all of these, you, you basically are introduced to his life. Yeah. Um, and the clients, pl- uh, the uh, the Hollywood agent is played by this guy, Dallas Roberts, who I haven't heard of before. I haven't seen any, anything else he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Web- Mark Webber is another character. Um, Mark Webber is going to soon to be in the um, Edgar Wright directed uh, Scott Pilgrim movie. All right. Um, he's been in a bunch of other stuff, but uh, right now I can't remember which one. He plays... Um, uh, a close friend of um, Spacey and his family. Um, his mom was, um, I think, uh, Spacey's wife's godmother, oh, okay. or something like that. And he's a struggling writer, basically doing odd jobs, uh, mowing uh, Spacey's dad's lawn, and shit like that. Uh, just he's a writer. He's a writer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it's basically by his his thing to try and like he's got massive writer's block, and he's just trying to get this whole thing going. Yeah. Um, and then and then. Outside of all of this, there's this uh, young black girl whose um, name is um, Gemma, played by Kiki Palmer, who I think is a, a newcomer. Mm-hmm. And she is basically the young female, the, count- the, the, uh, the, the, the other side of the um, spectrum for Kevin Spacey. They're both going through the exact same thing. Okay. And uh, she's, uh, she's uh, handed to um, Spacey's dad, who gives it... Who, who gives it to Spacey because Spacey's dad feels that uh, you look, you're fucking yourself up. You need a real case. <laughs> you need to stop talking to these fucking to Robin Williams, you know, like Robin Williams, and you need to sort of bring yourself back to what, why you are doing Strange. what you're doing, and all that kind of thing. Um, and she has the same thing. Like um, with Spacey, it was his wife. With her, with with uh, Gemma, it's the, her mom, okay. and who is also a suicide case. Uh, what I do like about the whole suicide thing is that the only thing you know about it is that there's suicides. You never know how it happened. You never find out any of the why. That uh, even even the why, it's like nebulous. That that's that that goes into part of the plot. But there's no stupid like manipulative flashbacks or anything like that to how happy they were before that. You yeah, never, yeah, yeah. You never get any of that shit. And you know that that was nice. The and it's basically like all of these different characters. It's very, it has a very crash feel to it. Yeah. In the sense that the characters don't seem related to begin with, but slowly everything just sort comes of together. comes together. And all, and all of these characters do kind of uh, click. In, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, there is a- There are pieces the, of the puzzle. There are some, inter- the, the interlocking sort of uh, story arc that uh, Crash had is very much there. It's kind of like uh, Crash mixed in with Lawrence Kasdan's Grand Canyon. Mm. You know, uh, but with 
a slightly uh, the player type of feel because of the uh, the Hollywood backdrop. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and it's just kind of like the whole sort of um, the emptiness of the city is very much a character. Oh, okay. You know, you kind of get that that everyone's soulless. Sort of, it, yeah, is that everyone's just sort of like, you know, like uh, going going at hundred miles an hour, but nobody knows where the fuck they're going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like every, you know, like nobody nobody shuts up. Everybody keep, is always talking, but no one's saying anything. Or you, listening. You, yeah, you do kind of get that. Um, just that the vacuum that is L.A. Yeah. <clears throat> in in the movie. Um, but the main through plot is Kevin Spacey and this young girl, right? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but also, but having said that, the other characters do get significant screen time. Like Mark Webber's character is a pretty big deal in the movie because Mark Webber also later in the film does get connected to um, Gemma, Gemma's character as well, and um, he also ends up um, sort of hooking up with uh, the Hollywood agent's PA. Uh-huh. So it all it all kind of just sort of clicks as it goes along. Um, but it's it's nice, like uh, it's. It, it is a movie that gets you thinking. It's about, it's, the movie's very much about grief and mm-hmm. how people deal with grief and it's like, you know, like people like uh, trying to look for answers but, you know, they don't know, they don't know what questions to ask. Oh. So. That's deep. It, it's, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, of course it's not, it's not perfect. Yeah. You know, I mean. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's by no means a perfect movie but. Um, I was I, I wasn't really expecting much from it, and I was very surprised at uh, the places that it actually had the balls to go to. How did you happen upon it? Well, I, I, I had seen the trailer. Really? Um, it, the trailer was on Apple for a short while. Real short while. Yeah, real short <laughs> while. Uh, and it got a limited release. I don't think it got a wide release. Um, Spacey. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, Spacey is very very good in it. I is mean, it an acting tour de force? He plays his role very well. I won't say it's a tour de force, but I mean, he's very good in it. It's the best role he's gotten in a while. Yeah. You know, his last few roles haven't been that much to shout about, but um, this is a good role. For, this is a good role for him. I mean, it's essentially his American Beauty character, but just gone way off the rails. Right. You know, I mean, like a couple of years after. With the, the amount pot. of pot that he smokes in this movie, dude, he's always smoking pot in this movie. Never <laughs> It's almost like, dude, even like, uh, even when he goes to the hospital, he manages to sneak in a joint. <laughs> You know, it's just. Who does that remind me of? I don't. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Exhibit A, you know, it's. You know, it's a cool flick. It, it establishes its tone. It sticks with it. There's a lot of nice humor in there, and for for the kind of genre that it is, it's it's pretty decently paced. Cool. Uh, all of the actors are good. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with anyone. And like I said, it's, it's Kevin Spacey's best role in a while. If you like Kevin Spacey, if you you know, I'm I'm a Kevin Spacey fan, so. It's um, his best role since Moon. <laughs> Which I have not seen. I, it's not um, out yet. It's not out yet. It's but, limited release shit. Uh, it, but I like the fact that the movie actually has something to say about death and about grief. You know, and uh, just how people uh, avoid it. How they avoid dealing with it. Yeah. Um, it kind of, the, the title Shrink, I mean, yes, it does refer to the fact that Kevin Spacey's character is a shrink. But it's also referred to twice in the film um, in a Norman Mailer quote that uh, Mark Webber's character has stuck on his wall and it's uh, quote I don't think life is absurd I think we are all here for a huge purpose I think we shrink from the immensity of the purpose we are here for yeah, I see what they did there uh-huh. oh, shrink yeah. uh, and it, the camera lingers on it on two separate occasions and Webber's character reads it out loud during the opening credits so yeah I think the director wants us to <laughs> so yeah there is some uh, clever playing on the title there is that it's not just the fact that Kevin Spacey is the uh, a shrink. It also refers to just how we shrink away from <laughs> from dealing with that from problems. dealing with our shit, man. And 
in in the age of uh, of of Bayhem, uh, to to get a movie that actually has the balls point has, actually has something <laughs> to say. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's kind of nice. You get to see some actors act and not just run and scream and run away from things that aren't really there. <laughs> You know, but uh, like I said, it's not a perfect movie. You will probably have a couple of bones to pick here and there, but I enjoyed it. Mm. I enjoyed it. Cool. I recommend it. This week's big-ish new release coming at the tail end of the summer season is Surrogates with Bruce Willis. Uh, I caught this yesterday. And Surrogates is a movie... I'll get to that. <laughs> Don't put the horses before the car. Uh, so Surrogates is a movie about um, a world where basically, you know, everyone has their iPods, everyone has their mobile phones. It's eventually someone comes up with these robots that they can make appro approximate people or what people would prefer to be and eventually these things people it, they, it, it, the law is passed that if you want to you can actually go to work in this thing so you actually sit at home on your couch do fucking nothing and you send this perfect robot body out to work it doesn't get tired you just sit in a chair all day and that's the world that they're living in and aside from that everything else is the same pretty much <laughs> and well, there's a few things around the surrogates I mean they, they, they're not as bad we get bad about it a little bit uh, beforehand because it does the thing I like to see a world built I see world building in my sci-fi movies. You look at Blade Runner. That's a world you're looking at. It's a window. It's not a film. You're looking at yeah. this window yeah. into Ridley Scott's soul. <laughs> and it's smoky and it's rainy. And his soul is beautifully, yeah. beautifully lit. <laughs> like sea beams glistening off the Tannhauser gate. <laughs> this movie doesn't do that. <laughs> is the movie as bad as Bruce Willis's wig? Bruce Willis' wig actually is surprising. That, that is one of the things that there's a lot, we talk about being taken out of movies. That's one of the things I found it very hard to warm to this movie. There's a surrogates thing going on. You know, there's no risk involved. So the plot is that some people get killed mm. via their surrogates. And it's like, he's the one cop who obviously can't solve the crime until he's lost his badge. <laughs> and he's the one cop who wants to... <laughs> See, in movies, no cops can do any good unless they fucking resign from the force. Yeah, or, or they get fired. Yeah. You want my badge? Here, take my motherfucking badge. I'll just give it to you now. It'll save time later. I'll have the movie for something. I'll solve this case in hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does all that to it. Um... It is, uh, there's something coming up, there's, there's something, there's pe people able to kill the surrogates, but as he goes through it, he finds a little bit of a conspiracy going on behind the scenes. Oh, a little bit of a conspiracy? A little bit of a conspiracy, Just yeah. A it's fucking so, like, gamer. <laughs> is it gamer meets iRobot? Very much iRobot popped through my head all the way through, because <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, they could have done better. <laughs> That's what I was thinking watching iRobot, but very much so. That, that thing of here's this new technology and ooh is it good everyone thinks it's good but oh no first is the ewing and the eye but at least iRobot gave us a world yes it gave us a world a yeah. world where Will Smith wears leather Chuck Taylors from the 1990s because it's hip mm -hmm. no dude I, I re-watched that not too long ago and yeah man the fucking product placement of that movie is just ridiculous nice Audi <laughs> I'm surprised the robots weren't fucking branded Apple. He references his shoes three fucking times. <laughs> three fucking times. Was that the uh, leather Chuck Taylors? The, uh, leather Chuck the Converse from Converse, Converse.com. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, three fucking times in the movie. <laughs> His shoes get a get a get a fucking reference. I know, and he wears them the entire way through. He never changes his shoes. No, 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 no. It got it's four four times because he has to change his shoe because after that big battle with the robots, the shoes have melted. Oh, and, and they close up on the shoes melted off, and he's like, oh man. Then he gets a new pair. He's got to get a new pair of cuffs. Uh, although having said that, I fucking bought those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Corporate shill, dude. 
They're cool. <laughs> You're a fucking weak-minded sheep, you know that? I, dude, I've been wearing con. I've been loyal to Converse for years. Okay? I've never had a pair. Yeah, well, well, then you have no frame of reference. They strike me as a bit wanky. You're, then you have no frame of <laughs> because of iRobots. You have no frame of reference here. Then you're like a child who wanders right into the middle of a movie. <laughs> well, you know the people I see wearing them all look like dipshits. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck this. Come on. Anyway, back to the movie. The um, go wear your green Adidas. <laughs> I would if I could get another fucking pair of <laughs> product placement. You heard it here first. We're getting fries. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of a conspiracy going on. There's a whole lot of people who don't want the fucking series around them. Mm -hmm. They call them series. Someone calls them a synth. I was actually nice that they call it. Where's your iPod? Where's your music player? Where's your MP3 player? You know, people use those terminologies. It's not like everyone refers to them as surrogates because it's a stupid word. Mm -hmm. It's not my iPod music player and photo carrier thingy. So um, yeah, there's something going on. He gets uh, damn. There's someone's got a weapon that can kill people via their surrogates, and obviously this defeats the whole purpose of surrogacy, as they say in the trailer and in the very beginning of the movie. And he's got a hundred, his surrogate gets damaged, and uh, because he's under suspension, obviously, because he has to solve the crime, um, they won't uh, reimburse him for his surrogate and uh, put him back in the force until the investigation's over. Because uh -huh. he's getting too close to the truth. <laughs> so he's got to go out in the world without his surrogate. So there's a couple of things about this movie. Um, the one, it's, it, I found it very hard to get into or empathize with anyone. They're all cold, heartless things. And it's not helped by the fact that a lot of the cast are played by surrogates and they've done some weird shit. It's like the X-Men stuff they did with Patrick Stewart and um, Ian McKellen. Their skin is stretched tight over the, there's no pores. It, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great look, effect and a great idea, but at the, because you're watching these robots walking around on screen and they're playing robots really well, you can't empathize with them at all because mm -hmm. they're fucking robots, mm -hmm. and they just—they weird. They do the people move slightly weirdly. You know, there's no um, every character is as confident as it can be because like walking, banging into things is not going to you know give them a hassle. When that's one of the nice moments is when Bruce comes out of the hospital and he's outside for the first time. You see in the trailer when they ask how long have you, been, have you has it been since you went out with a surrogate, and like everyone else is striding com comfortably around the place and he's just getting knocked. Just knocking the shoulders by people, and no one notices because they're all robots, and that doesn't get passed back to the operators. But he's getting like beaten up by these things, and he gets beaten up a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a gang of people who are looking for this weapon as well, who are the Dreads, which is a terrible fucking name because it's Ving Rain and Dreads. That seems to be why they're called Dreads. It's just because they have Dreads. Yeah, no, because Ving Rain has Dreads. Oh, right. I couldn't find, I couldn't see any other reason for them to be called Dreads. But they're the anti-surrogates. They're more about peace, love, and all that kind of jazz. So uh, he, he comes out, he has to solve the crime. Uh, it does, it comes across very much like Gamer, that whole thing of control and not knowing who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you know, the person who's a, a kind of a plot point in it is that, you know, someone may, surrogate may be there, but you're not sure if that's actually them. It is illegal to use someone else's registered surrogate, but it happens. So you don't know who you're actually talking to. You're not sure who should be trusted, who should not be trusted. Mm -hmm. So it's quite weird that way. Um, stars Rosamund Pike as his wife. Yeah. I like her. She's quite good in this. I haven't seen her in anything in a long time since uh, that James Bond movie. Uh, I haven't seen her in much, but she's she was she was in Doom. <laughs> I haven't seen her in a lot of things. <laughs> she was in Doom. I, I, I think she was also in um, uh, Pride and, Pride and Prejudice. I think she might have been. Really? Or was it? Yeah. I'm waiting for Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice and Predators when they remake that. But um, she's in it. Rosamund Pike. Uh, Rada Mitchell's in it as his partner, uh, who. But, even this, this doesn't help the gamer comparisons at all. Uh, Rada Mitchell and Amber Valletta in the two movies have the same haircut and they look kind of similar. Mm -hmm. So you have that whole thing of like, what the fuck? It's like the same girl. That's why I got these confused. I got these confused when I reviewed Gamer. I thought it was Rada Mitchell. Uh, I, I I like Rada Mitchell. 
I just got done seeing her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that came out wrong. Uh, no, I was um, uh, watching Rogue. Yeah. Duh, just just uh, just before I got here, it's like just, she's good in that. I was just chapter skipping some of the highlights. You know the the we ducks, the, we ducks. And I just wanted to see. Oh, nice one, Russell. Nice one, man. <laughs> it's a fucking steam train with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> we just review that again. And he thinks that he's going to stop him with this piece of dental floss. <laughs> And also, I was just curious to, to see um, a pre-Terminator, pre-Avatar Sam Worthington. Yeah, yeah. Just to see him <laughs> act. Yep. And get and eaten by a croc. And one thing I... Yeah, getting eaten by a croc. That, that, that ain't gonna happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also something I realized who's, who's in Rogue. Um, there's a little girl in it. Mm -hmm. Or, like, not little. She looks like she's, like, thir 13, 14 in, in the movie. Uh, she's Alice in Tim Burton's... Really? Yeah, yeah. She's all grown up. Well, Kind of grown up. Yep. She's legal. Mm -hmm. Tasty. <laughs> <coughs> ah, ah, ah. So, I mean, this movie got off to the wrong fucking foot with me as well by having a 14 years ago. A little bit of news flash. Very much in the similar way to District 9, but done badly. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's ways of doing of, of doing your world. I had hoped, like, Gamer did a better way of, like, no, like, telling you about the game. Mm -hmm. Just, and Death Race is the same. You know, kind of, it doesn't, I think, the Death Race, I think, does start with the, when the penal system ran out of money, we started driving the criminals to the driving. Actually, if I remember correctly, Death Race didn't have um, voiceover or narration. It, it was just text. It had the, hey, look, this is, what the, this is the yeah. story. Yeah. It's the sitch. Yeah. I hate that. I prefer, you know, just so, do something normal and then eventually, you know, you see it. Mm -hmm. Show it. Don't fucking tell it. Mm -hmm. This is tell it all over the fucking place. It's it's the whole Harrison Ford don't you know not wanting to uh, do the voiceover in Blade Runner thing. Yeah, it's like show it. Don't you tell just it. put it? The, you put yeah. the world together. It's like you know if they're surrogates, have something hit one. You see it's a robot. Ah, and they actually do that as well as explain the whole fucking thing. It's almost as bad as the explanation of Dark City. But um, overall, this movie just met. It's 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 another. They're gonna have to start putting out a Twilight Zone box set. It's another one of these movies that is a Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. It really is a Twilight Zone because the, the, the things in the trailer you see where there's the threat. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what the threat is. The yeah, thing. Yeah. That's pretty late in the game, mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen. I mean, the trailer made it look like you'd see him getting all beaten up, like as a flash, as as the, the, the show of him being a circuit, which I thought would have been a cool way to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the shit would happen, and then something else. He'd have to do something once the the big event kind of occurred. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't play like that at all. I mean, he's got a, a kid of his got killed. And uh, that's fucked up their relationship. There's a lot more relationships in it, but he doesn't see his wife. He sees her surrogate. Because if you're having sex with a surrogate as well, you get the forced feedback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he hasn't actually seen her in God knows how long. He can't go into her room. She locks the door. So he only sees a surrogate. And so he's not Will Smith's, I hate robots, but he is more, he's beginning to see that maybe there is more to life than the surrogates thing. And mm -hmm. it, it goes more in that route. It, it, so, as a result, it's very it comes across very confused. It's not a cerebral sci-fi thriller, mm -hmm. but it's not an action movie. There's very there's not that much action in it, mm -hmm. and it's chasing MacGuffin action, and it's not like it's Bruce Willis. He he can't do that. He can't jump over all those things because he's he's the old fat dude now. Yeah. He's not um, one of the, you know an uber super robot who's mm -hmm. jumping all over the place. So it does just come off. It just left me just feeling bored and hungry. <laughs> I was just uh, I mean I wasn't bored through the movie but afterwards it was like well I should have probably gone to see G-Force but is Bruce Willis good in it? Bruce Willis is the one thing I did have to know that he's watchable he's always watchable and there's some scenes about the three quarter way through you start getting once you stop being the surrogate mm -hmm. you start seeing some and the, the effects of the surrogate's quite good but you start seeing him then act yeah, yeah. and he pulls that off very well right 
you know, because he is, he I mean, he's getting beaten up by the dreads, he's getting all this, you know, he's, he, his surrogate nearly killed him, he was managed to unplug before the thing got him, mm-hmm. so he's fucked up to start with. Right. And then he just gets more and more fucked up as it goes on. I mean, there's a, people just get a, the real people get a collection of scars for this movie to show how vulnerable they are. Cool. But yeah, I couldn't recommend it, I mean, if you're going to see one, the technology comes across and replaces people and does stuff movie this year, go see Gamer. <laughs> You'd say Gamer was a better movie than Sargent's? Better is such a qualitative word. I mean, would you say, okay, you get more bang for like, your buck? It's like, would you rather eat dog shit or cat shit? Okay, you get more bang for your buck? A little bit more bang for your buck, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, it was. it's interesting to see it, but again, it's this Twilight Zone thing. It's just like, if they were going to do that, they had to do the world. They had to be, and they had to hide that a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah. The trailers gave away a bit that we were like, oh, really? Oh, fuck. Well, there's no shock there. Right. But it does go places that you wouldn't expect the blockbuster to go, so it's quite. It's so hard to tell. It's just it's. I want to hate it so much, but I can't really, you know, because Bruce is in it and Rosamund Pike's pretty hot all the way through, and all the chicks are hot because they're all robots. <laughs> James Cromwell's in it. Yeah, James Cromwell's in it as well. Bing Rhames is the prophet, who's fucking terrible. Uh, Jack Noseworthy. I always like Jack Noseworthy ever since he was in um, those uh, that Always video for um, Aerosmith. Always. Yeah. Isn't that Bon Jovi? Was always the one with the field at the end. It's the one with um, Alicia Silverstone and uh, crazy, crazy, <laughs> always crazy. Yeah. In Hawaii. Crazy. Yeah, he's in that. He was in Event Horizon. You know, that's when I yeah. learned what actually yeah, happens yeah. when the uh, de- explosive decompression happens, which was awesome. <laughs> but he's a weird looking face, and he's even weird. Fucking actually, that is my is. favorite Paul W. S. Anderson movie. Is yeah. Event Horizon. That's a good movie. Ghost House in Space. That's what they call it. Right? I mean, the last like. 10 minutes was kind of fucking <laughs> completely retarded. I'm Sam Neill and I'm evil. And I'm the devil. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to explain this, so you know what? It's been to hell. <laughs> been to hell is okay, but it's more like, we don't know how to end the movie. It was all a dream. No, it's not. Ah! <laughs> in your face. Covered in bees. It's, uh, yeah. Not the bees. Not the bees. They're in my eyes. They're in my eyes. In my eyes. In my mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We didn't play that last week. Okay, we'll play it this week. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, because it is interesting, um, TV shows. We got the, the the fall lineup is coming on, and NBC I think has already cancelled half their shows. Uh-huh. Like it's <laughs> it's just fall. Yeah. They're talking about Chuck was supposed to be uh, speaking of Chuck Taylor's. Chuck was supposed to be on in March, but um, actually it's going to be like maybe in October because all the, they decided to cancel the rest of their shows because they're shit. So one piece of good work. Not the bees. Ten seconds. But um, a new TV show started on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, Stargate Universe, which I think is the first real post-Battlestar mm-hmm. Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. There's been a whole load of post. There's, there's a whole load of like you know trying to do lost things on uh, TV and you know, all these flash forwards and stuff like that. They're aiming for the lost market. But this is the first real Battlestar market TV show. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, Stargate, you know the Stargate TV show, the Stargate movies, um, TV show ran for ten years. One of the longest-running Sci-Fi movies, the TV shows of all time, I think. They've got records and stuff. They find this gate, they go through it each week. It's a gate to the stairs. You go through it each week, they had a big battle and stuff like that. And the TV shows were kind of safe and military science fiction. Just kind of, you know, them having fun, Richard Dean Anderson having a laugh and stuff. This one opens with a gate opening and people coming through it in a state of terror. Not knowing what the fuck is going on. And um, then you flash back to how they got there. Mm-hmm. And it's very Battlestar Galactica. It's almost, Stargate's, Fighter scenes or space scenes have always been very Star Wars. Fixed fix camera, you know, beauty shots mm-hmm. occasionally or rumble shot. You know, the 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 
the the battle cruiser Star Wars thing coming mm-hmm. overhead or coming close to the camera. Mm-hmm. It's always been very staid and stuff like that. This takes this even rips off Battlestar Galactica with the um, they're horrible. Um, this isn't the one you were. No, it's not the one. It's not the one I was looking. It's not the crisps I was it's looking the, for. It's not the chips you're looking for. No. <laughs> Try one. They got cumin. But uh, they got cumin. Mm. Oh, why didn't you say they got cumin? What is papadums? My heaven fries brought you by papadums. Hideous, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're quite shit. <laughs> Tastes like crap. So this new show starts like that, and you flash back. You even flash back to one of the corporals fucking uh, one of the sergeants in uh, female in the uh, you know back room. You know, it has that <clears throat> what lesbian? No, no, guy, guy and girl. But it has that flicking back to you know has building their stories in the background. They're all trapped. They've all used the gate to get onto this ship, but you don't know why or whatever, and why they're so desperate. But it turns out that the, they were trying to unlock the night. It takes eight of the little symbols to mm-hmm. go from one place to another. I think our seven to go one place to another, eight to go to another galaxy. It's the area code. And then nine, they don't know what it does, and they had to accident. They had to go through it because they're under attack, and they end up in this ship. They don't know what the fuck is going on with it. It's, it's not far. It's fucking in. An, it's three galaxies away. It's right. not just like this is going to take us three or fifty years to get back. This is this is going to take us sixteen lifetimes to get back. Right. And uh, Shooter McGavin's in it. Shooter Mc- Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Awesome. As soon as he walks in, it's like he's a senator. Shooter. <laughs> Shoot him again. But uh, it's also got Robert Carlyle, which is the big, big publicity thing they've been pushing on this. Is Robert Carlyle does TV. We'll see how long it lasts. But he is integral to the plot. I mean, it's his fault on the ship. And he's an arrogant little ship, and like an awful lot of characters couldn't sell it, but I still kind of like him because it's Robert Carlyle. But it's not, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's his uh, first time doing TV, like, what, for America? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Since, since he made movies. Yeah, since he started making movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck he. Because he, he, he worked his he, way up. Yeah, Grimmauld yeah. was he in that? Or hmm? Was he in it? It's Grimmauld North. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's very watchable in it, actually. He's because he's this conflicted guy who's like he does want to keep pushing. Stargate is all about, you know, stealing shit. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned before. I think I don't know. I never podcast really- or One of the things they did was they didn't have a reset button. Mm-hmm. We meet aliens this week, two series time. We might bump into them again, have a chat. We team up and have an alliance, you know what I mean? They find something cool this week, like something that's really handy but doesn't have a cost to it, because a lot of the shit they find has costs. Mm-hmm. They take it, like they had these uh, guns that were like stun guns, and they found them and they just started using them in the episodes from that point onwards. It has that world, you know, again, world building aspect to it. And uh, they had like they had no fear of wiping out complete races, you know, to show that the things had gotten heavy and stuff. So, but it was always still light. Mm. The old show was always still like because you had Richard Dean Anderson always joking, and then you had Ben Browder doing it. I never, for some strange reason, um, I have not seen a single episode ever, ever. Really? No, because like um, because I liked I, I I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie, but and, and but I just had no interest in watching it without Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell or James Spader. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> they were a big big part of what I liked about. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit disappointed when I saw the cinema. I was hoping for so much more. Yeah, I mean, it's like it had a lot of promise. Mm. You know, I, the build-up was really nice, like up until the part where they actually cross the portal and go into that. That that the build-up to that was really nice. Yeah, and it was nice to see uh, James Spader get to play in in a movie of that size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that 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 rarely happens. Yeah, and it's and now it's a permanent record of when he was thin. Yeah. <laughs> and in an action He's, movie, because no one's going to cast him in an action movie after Boston Eagle. He's starting to look more and more like William Shatner every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, Shatner wishes he was getting looking like James Spader in Stargate. <laughs> no, I think what the, what the movie that must really piss James Spader off now, like when he must watch it, is uh, Supernova. Yeah, because he was 
cut. <laughs> he was fucking ripped in Supernova. That's why he's not, he's not he's, I'm not doing this shit ever again. I don't want to do this. I've done it, I've done this recording. Fuck it. Yeah. I thought this one movie needs to be deleted at Supernova. It's pretty bad. It's a pretty bad movie. Yeah. yeah. But the whole thing, so they have the, the, all these people are thrown together. They do have a way of communicating home. They have these stones. They, they brought in one of the Stargate TV shows where you can possess someone's body and back on Earth. And so they can stay in contact. So you can talk to Lou Diamond Phillips. Or you can take over Lou Diamond Phillips. Some people having their dream come true sometimes. But um, Lou Diamond Phillips, what? Is he in this? Yeah, he's in it. He's in it. <laughs> I, I heard he was in it and he was in all the pre-publicity shit. And then the actual two-hour opener, he's in for 30 seconds. He's in a plane and looks like he died. It looks like someone very much like him crashes out, and you're like, ah, oh, that was it. They, they brought him in for like 30 fucking times, but he does crop up later, and he is going to crop up throughout, as far as I understand. Lou Diamond Phillips. Exactly. It's going to see him in something apart from, what was it? The Bermuda the, the, the Triangle? Did you see that? Lou Diamond Phillips, Eric Stoltz? Dude, the last thing I saw Lou Diamond Phillips in was The First Power. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? That no. movie is so bad. <laughs> it stars Melanie Griffith's sister. Oh. <laughs> They couldn't get Melanie Griffith. They couldn't get Melanie Griffith. It's Lou Diamond Phillips and something else Griffith. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and, it's, and it's a movie about, like, demon possession and shit. It's called The First Power. Oh, God. Only, uh, instead of, like, the demon possessing, like, a small girl and being tied to the bed, the demon jumps into whoever he wants and he just runs around sitting and jumps about. And it's what was that? Uh, what was that? Um, Denzel Washington movie like that? Uh, Fallen? Time. Uh, is on my side. Yes, it is. I, was, I like that. I like that. I like, that the, I like the way they turned that song into like, oh Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I like that movie. We're rambling now. Um, but yeah, uh, Robert Carlyle is very good in this. Um, but the way it, they, they're doing a nice thing, it's the, 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 the different time settings and all that. You know, you don't, you're building up characters. You go along. It's dark. It looks like Battlestar. The ship. You know, they had bright colors in the TV shows. This, mm-hmm. this new one is mm-hmm. gunmetal gray. Right. Throughout, or else stark white. And they actually they. The ship is falling apart. This is not like you're nice and cozy, like you know. There was another one called Stargate Atlantis where they found a city. They did have some problems, mm-hmm. but it had beds and air. They don't have air in this first episode. They were only able to grab a few bits of supplies, and the ship is thousands of years old, and they do not have air. They're starting to run out. The systems are breaking down. There's like windows broken all over the ship and leaking air, and they have to shut off rooms and stuff like that. So there's this constant fucking threat. And even in, this, in the third episode, it's called air. It's, the, the first three episodes <laughs> are actually. An arc, all right, okay. and it does that very much as well. It leads directly into each part. You know, this is not the old Stargate was. You know, one and you get one and go. You get your one episode, and you don't need to see any other episodes. It kind of makes sense. I'll explain it in the beginning. You know, it's the, it's the old Star Trek Next Generation type. But this one, you got to you, you know, you got. I don't know how much it's going to be. You got to pay attention. But it is like it's following directly onto each other. Carlisle is excellent, and it's going to be interesting where it goes. I'm interested to see where it goes because it could it could be as good as Battlestar if they keep going. Is is this something that I can just jump on now and start watching? Do I need to be really familiar with? Yeah, you can just jump on straight away. They they do explain a couple of things, a lot most of the things like you know they, they do have it. I mean, and I had I think it had Sci-Fi's biggest rating since Battlestar. Right. And it's maintained despite I think Dollhouse everything all the other any kind of interesting TV shows. I mean, like one one NBC cancelled one TV show after they had ordered 13 episodes and were just about to premiere it. And it was a critic's darling, something Southland, especially some cops. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the second series of that has been cancelled without even premiering on TV. Wow. Yeah, tired. So uh, I'm hoping this goes the the, the distance. But uh, if you like Stargate, you like it. But if you don't like Stargate, it's a good jumping on point. Okay. Cool. cool. <clears throat> I'm not gonna talk about Halo. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the reason why I just got the surrogates is because I played all six hours of Halo 3 ODST <laughs> over the course of the last week instead of doing preparing for this. <laughs> is it a good game? It's a good game, and actually the story is nice. All right. You walk around the city at night, you find some rubble, and that triggers a daytime mission that will happen to the rest of your squad mates. You never say a word, you're a silent protagonist. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, rookie! Oh, and Nathan Fillion's in it. Oh, yeah? And Adam Baldwin. Awesome. And what I didn't realize until I saw the credits, Alan Tudyk's in it as well. <laughs> and they actually made the com computer character look like Nathan Fillion. It's, it's him, like, it's, they cast him in the game, basically. Cool. Nathan Fillion's a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. Captain Titans. I think that's why, deep down, I'm kind of upset Ryan Reynolds playing Hal Jordan. Because I always wanted Nathan Fillion to do it. Yeah, he'd be awesome. Even even like the fans wanted him to like when that that fan made um, Green mm. Lantern trailer, they fucking cast uh, Nathan Fillion. So moving on to our box office top tens for the U.S. and Malaysia. Starting with Malaysia, number ten, The Final Destination 3D. Um, yeah, I've heard mixed things actually. Yeah, I, I actually I've actually heard enough that I'd actually want to go see it. Especially the 3D. Although I have probably telling you this, the 3D in the movie they go to a 3D movie, and the 3D movie on screen is not in 3D. It's all blurry. It's kind of weird. It's like they were yeah, sort of yeah, trying yeah, to make a yeah, point, yeah, but they're not really making a point. Yeah, you did tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, number nine, accident. Mm -hmm. Number eight, uh, Far Cry, the new Yui Bull movie. I did not see that. I was at the cinema yesterday. I would have got to see that. <laughs> number seven, uh, Jin Noti. Jin Noti. Number six, Mamak, Mamak the movie. movie. This is kind of a supernatural thing, isn't it? Uh, is it? I think so. Number five, a perfect getaway. David Toby. Number four, we got ghosts. No, oh yeah, we got ghosts. Yeah. Ah, we got ghosts. You got ghosts. I don't have ghosts. You got ghosts. I got no ghosts. Number three, Finish tsunami. Already. Finish already. <laughs> Finish already. Take it and go. Number three, tsunami at Hunde. This is being publicized as just tsunami. I saw all the posters and the trailers for it. Looks fucking terrible. Looks like the wave bits from the abyss, but like no. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, number two, Sorority Row. I've heard just I've heard reviewer. There's a reviewer in the in the UK who goes over the top ten every week, and because this was in there the whole every week, sometimes I stack them. I don't listen to them mm -hmm. in time, and I was listening to a load of the podcasts in one go. And every single week, he was like, "Just go see the original. It's shit, but it's better than this." So Sorority Row is shit. And number one, GeForce 3D. Three weeks on release. That's the longest holdout we've seen in Legend Top Ten for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think a movie is uh, stuck on top for, for this long since Ip Man. Ip Man. <laughs> Ip Man was number one for a while. Yeah, it was fucking ages. We should go see, we have to go see the G-Force. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it's terrible, but fuck it. The 3D looks like the best uh, implementation of 3D I've seen. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've heard it again, Claudio with a chance of meatballs and up, don't bother. There's no reason to see them in 3D. At all. It doesn't yeah, I, I, that's what I've heard as well. Okay, the US box office is top 10. Number 10, Love Happens. So does shit. This is a Christopher Aniston. Christopher? Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer Aniston and Aaron Eckhart just uh, pissing away all of his Two Face fucking. He did it before <laughs> Dark Knight came out. I didn't, oh, if you just, oh, restraining order. Don't bring it out. Oh, God, dude, stop doing these fucking romantic comedies. It's okay. He's going to save himself with Battle for Los yeah. Angeles. Battle, <laughs> battle, battle for Los Angeles. Yeah, is it yeah, Battle yeah. for Los Angeles or just Battle? Semicolon. I think it's. I think it's um, I think, I think it's battle dot uh, dot dot LA or so, yeah. something like that. And it's it's gonna be awesome. Yes. <laughs> Aaron Two Face versus the aliens. Fucking aliens. Number eight. Number nine. Number nine. The informant. The informant. I'm hearing great things with this. I yeah. really want to see. Yeah, this movie. I really want to see this movie. It, it looks really funny. I did see on uh, I think it was a Wired or the New Yorker or something that did a review and was saying, oh, it was it was GQ and they were like. 
Matt Damon's brilliant in this but the rest of the cast don't know how to play it himself and Soderbergh are on the same level but no one else seems to be <laughs> on this, in on the game at number eight, Fame. I've heard this is atrocious. I heard this is a you know, that, but uh, I fucking hate the fact that there's a Fame remake yeah. out there. It's like can't remake everything. Cannot re- There's some things you just cannot remake. Yeah. Number seven, Capitalism, a love story. I still can't get the trailer for this to work. I can't get the trailer for this to work. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to. I want to see this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number six, Whip It. This is supposed to be really good. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Drew Barrymore's uh, directorial debut with uh, Ellen Page. Yeah. I was there. Uh, Whip it's a weird name though. Yeah, about the women's roller derby. Should be roller women's women's roller derby would be a better title. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been paying for it. It ha- it's, it hasn't opened very big. Uh, audiences have don't seem to be responding to it. Yeah. But um, at least in terms of the reviews, it's um, been very well reviewed. Oh. Okay. Number five, surrogates. Reviewed. If you were listening. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't gone to sleep by that. Not night. doing too well. Could didn't it open at number one last it's, week? It's it's, it's knowing level. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so, just throughout the story. He drinks. He's a bit <laughs> fucked up. The end of the world is coming. Number four, The Invention of Lying, Ricky Gervais's directorial debut. Again, I've heard mixed things about yep. this. It's supposed to be clever, but yep. not as funny as it should be. Yeah. As you expect from like, Ricky Gervais. Like Ghost Town. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, Toy Story. <laughs> this is the new 3D yeah. version, isn't it? Well, actually, it's a double bill. They released uh, Toy Story 1 and 2 as a double bill in 3D. So for, for a double bill, that's actually a pretty fucking good opening. Because mm. <laughs> those are two movies. Yeah, yeah. So you can, you know, so you can only sh- screen so many. Yeah. Number two, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I think that's coming out here in the next couple of weeks. I really want to see this one. I'm, really I'm just hearing so much good stuff about it. I'm really looking forward to this. This is the first cartoon I've been looking forward to in a while. Number one, Zombieland, which I'm also really looking forward to. The reviews yeah. have been very good. Glowing. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad now that I didn't look at the rules thing because yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were separate but they're actually part of the movie so America has finally found it's Shaun of the Dead <laughs> I've heard that a lot but it's not Shaun of the Dead I've heard, I've heard a lot of, I've heard, I've that heard people say it's not Shaun of the yeah, Dead yeah that's what so, I've heard as well but it is it's really nice I want to see Woody Harrelson on his quest for the last Twinkie I'm, I'm just really happy to see Woody Harrelson on uh get a number one spot and one of the great things about this as well although I hope it, they won't fuck it up is that they said this was originally pitched as a TV show for CBS not really yeah so they have like two series worth of stories built up <laughs> so I think they've already started talking sequel news on this but uh, yeah that's the US and the top, top, top 10 for this week alright looking at coming up soon in the next week or so uh, coming up this Friday we got Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs excellent Pandorum Mm, heard this is terrible. Whiteout got slated, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yep, yep. After that, uh, 22nd of October, we got Inglorious Bastards. Waiting to see, I have to go see it to see how much it's cut. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm looking forward to seeing Law Abiding Citizen. The trailer for that looked pretty cool. Which is the one with the, you're gonna be fine. That was an honest that man. Was, uh, that was a serious man. A serious man. Yeah. Serious man, Law Abiding Citizen, citizen mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jackie mm-hmm. Early Haley, Ellie Earl. Mm-hmm. Gets me all home. Informer 29th of October, so we haven't got too long to wait for that. Jennifer's Body, I've been here, we talked about that a little bit, that's the 29th of October as well. We talked a little bit about how this is reviewing badly, but another thing that came out recently was saying that it's marketed really badly, and it's actually not that bad. Yeah, there was a, there was an article that said that. I think it was in um, IO9, was it? Mm, something like that. Right? Was it? it might have been IO9. But yeah, that's our, that's our month of October. All right. We're going to leave you with a couple of recordings. The first one is a nice 10 second little uh, thing of um, uh, Nicholas, Nicholas, Nic- 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 Nicholas's cage, Nicholas Cage's tour de force acting moment. I think we should just leave it at that. We shouldn't say any more because it'll spoil this awesome piece of acting. All right. 
And then after that, we're gonna play you a Japanese, a crazy Japanese guy. But here is Nicolas Cage at his Oscar-winning best. And here is a crazy Japanese guy going, walking around, scaring the shit out of people. You, you, won't, you won't be able to see it, but it's still pretty funny to listen to. And you can listen to us laugh. Thank you. And Thank <laughs> you.